Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Handel, and we are on Society Bites Radio with two guests that we spoke to last week, um, Allison and Andrea from Writing Class Radio. Uh, they are partners in a podcast of their own. And I think this is the first time I've interviewed somebody with a podcast. So we were talking about the power of storytelling, which I certainly uh, so deeply believe in myself. I've had so many very, very positive experiences. And I correspond with quite a few people who are in prison. And sometimes they will tell, they will send me their stories, not, not always, or their poems. And it is a wonderful way to connect. So welcome back, Allison Langer and Andrea Askowitz to um, the podcast. So I'm so glad we did um, that. We were, you know, we didn't make such a bad impression that we were invited back. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you. So we, we did some talking about the, you know, storytelling and, and a little bit about the podcast. Um, Let me ask you both about, um, your own your own writing do do either of you uh write stories about your own lives we know that you know you're both writers Um, can you tell us a little bit about that something maybe a little more personal you know i got into this whole writing thing after i lost a child and um and actually that's how i met andrea so i was on my way home from the grocery store i had just lost my daughter who died at 16 months old from a congenital heart defect and i was wrecked and i had always loved writing and then i heard her her class advertised on npr and i was like "Mm, maybe i should take a writing class you know so i got home i signed up and started the class and we've been friends ever since how so long ago was that? It was, um, let's see, my son, <laughs> I had just had my my youngest son, who's now 12. So it was like 11 years ago and more, 11 and a half. He, yeah, it's a crazy thing. I, um, I started writing class as a totally different person, I think, than I am now. Andrea, what did you, would you say that? Um, that's such an interesting question because I've always thought that you were really true. So, but I did start writing about my dog. Every, every prompt response was about my dog. I had a lot of trouble getting vulnerable and really talking about what was bothering me, like what was pent up. And I think I was just so ashamed that I was that person who had lost a child. I felt responsible. I felt, you know, labeled the whole thing. And I just didn't want to be that person. And, but what I realized is when I finally revealed my story to the class, they opened up to me and it, my heart burst open and I felt Mm. like everything else just started busting out. And I, the facade that I was the perfect lady, woman, whatever, everything is perfect. That was gone. And that freed me to tell all my stories. So I write a lot about my daughter, less Mm. so now, but I really write a lot about my experiences teaching the men on the inside because that has been the most impactful thing sorry let me say that again because my kids have ring through um the most that has been the most impactful thing in my life you know in the last five years 
What's the that? Teaching men in prison and getting to know them and writing with them and hearing their stories and sharing my own stories with them. Right. So now I write a lot about that. That's wonderful. And what about you, Andrea? Um, wait, I just want to respond to something that Allison said, sure. because um, I actually think that Allison's like origin story as a writer is, is so beautiful and so amazing. Um, but what's interesting now that I'm thinking about it is like, so she feels like she had this facade and she did to, with herself. But I, I guess obviously, and from my point of view, like her facade was so see-through that I could tell <laughs> that she was like, I could, like, I could tell that there was something in there that needed to come out. And, um, and I also knew that she was an, an amazing writer just from the start because of the way she wrote, even though she was writing about her dog. And what we do on our podcast is we talk about um, writing, great writing is equal parts heart and art. Mm -hmm. and, and Allison had the art, like she had like a style, but the heart, the truth part, she wasn't ready to reveal until like, actually it didn't take that long, one semester. And why, then she busted open. Why is writing about a very painful life experience so transformative? Well, Allison, tell us. You you did it. Well, you've done it too. And I we've seen a million people in our classes come through with that one story that busts all the rest of the stories open. I think what it does is it um, allows you just to get out the darkness. And I think we're all carrying so much trauma and so much darkness and we're afraid to reveal it because we feel as if people know that they're not gonna wanna love us. Mm. And it's just the opposite. And that's what I found. Every story that ended up getting published, I would get calls from strangers, people like you, Harriet, who said, hey, I read your story and I related to that. And it, and it was, it's, that's so powerful. So that's, that's what it's really done for me. And isn't that what you brought Allison to teaching your guys in prison? Like it was like a slow, like a, a slow, though not so slow, um, un, like breaking them open. And then as soon as they say the real truth, then they have floods of stories yeah. that come after that. Too tall is one of the guys who at first, when he walked in, I could tell he was like not having it. I mean, you could tell he he was very smart and and very, you know, sensitive, but there was something really strong about him, but very um, guarded. Yes, super guarded. And every time I gave a prompt in class, he wrote dots and dashes. That's it, mm. dot, dash, dot, dash. So it looked like it. And when everyone started to share, he would get up and leave. And I was like, the Allison Langer of your class. Yes. His dots and dashes were, were the dog story. Yeah. Like, oh God, that's right. nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling these people anything. Well, I, I don't know them. Why should I tell them anything? Mm -hmm. So, but it's after a whole semester of dots and dashes and I didn't push, I was like, okay, you know, this guy's going to either stay with it if he wants, or he's not. I mean, it's not my job to try to beat him up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was happy to have him in there and I was very gentle and um, he really just didn't speak much in the, in the next semester he signs up and I'm thinking, huh, Okay. And then it took him a couple classes and then he started telling his story and every story that came out was like expertly written. You could tell it had been in his head for forever. 
And then he started giving feedback to the class because in our classes, we all give feedback. So the teacher also writes. So I would also mm. write them and they would get to give me feedback. Wow. And I think that also helped to level the playing field. So if I'm willing to share my story, okay, I'll share my story with this lady because she's willing to share hers with me. Right. And you know, that's not really the thing in prison. They don't want you telling any of your personal information to anyone. But I got news for you. Like if they get on the internet, which by the way, they can, they can find anything out about you. So I, I was like, why should I not just be honest and reveal some of these things? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, when, when I was doing the um, class at Greenhaven uh, and I said to the men that you all have a story, at least one, if not many more, and um, I, I would read to them from various memoirs, which are, is my favorite genre, and show them that you can take that pain and you can use it. And I, I read from Obama's book and Henry Louis Gates's book and many, many of the Black experience uh, kinds of books. And then I spread out to the Holocaust to show them that these are stories that are personal, but they they are fodder for you know a, a great essay. And their response was, "We're trying to bury that crap, and you are asking us to dig it up." <gasps> and I said, "Yeah, I am. I am." Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, it's really. Um, I think it's quite remarkable what comes from a a, a story. From the heart, you know, and and the fact that you you are willing to share your stories, I, I did not do that. Um, I regret that I didn't because, you know, uh, they would have learned a little bit about me. But I I love that you have enough trust to be able to share something very personal about you with them. So um, that, Harriet, I have a question for you. Yeah, did sure. the um, guys who came to your class were they? Did they self-select? Um, like, did they um, did they volunteer to take your class? Oh, no, 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 they... no. This was required. Um, I volunteered to teach um, that section of the of the GED because they had to pass it. Oh. And interesting, the other teachers didn't want to touch it. They said, oh, we don't want to teach writing. You do that. And, yeah. and so that's what I was doing there to help them pass that portion of the GED. Because uh, I've never heard, I'm trying to bury, I'm trying to keep this buried, but that's because mm. everyone who comes to my class is coming to class to voluntarily. Uh, yeah. To unearth their, right. I, I guess they at least know that they're going to be unearthing some of their pain, but right. you've heard I it. Want to address that really quickly. There sure. is, you know, there's definitely a couple schools of thought on unleashing and unearthing trauma. If mm -hmm. you're not going to help the person then deal with it. Yeah. Right. That's so, true. You know, I don't necessarily recommend digging up stuff for yeah. people unless there's a way for them to help process it because some of it is more trauma than we've ever known That's and right. that we know how to deal with. So there's there's a there's a little something something there that yeah. needs to talk. That's true. Yeah. But if, for a moment back to Robin's story, the reason that writing class was formed at her prison was because there was a rash of suicides and Wally Lamb was called in by a very sensitive librarian who felt that 
if he could teach writing and get these women to try to deal with the pain and pull it out and put it on paper, that it would be helpful. And he saved many, many lives. And I, I, I champion, you know, what he did to me. He's a, he's a hero because of, of, and he published two books with the women. So how wonderful to see your stories in print, you know, that's so exciting. Well, well, I was going to say, but I was like, "Hmm, maybe this is beyond what I know, but I was going to say that a way to deal with trauma, even trauma that might be beyond my pay scale would be to have a steady writing class to have the class. And that's, I guess what, what Wally Lamb's class did. It gave these women a place to unearth their pain, but then a consistent trusting group. Went on for for years, years and years. And at the beginning, he said, I don't have time for this. I'll I'll be there a couple of times, but I I really, I'm I'm much too busy. 16 years later, he was still there. Every week. And there's another, there's another person that, um, I I don't know if you know this, uh, Eve Ensler, who also did something very similar at Bedford Hills Prison for Women in Westchester County, New York. And there was a film made about her writing class. Awesome. And, and it's called, it was on PBS, What I Want My Words to Do to You. And it is magnificent. You see her interacting with the women and they read parts of their stories. And then she, um, you know, gives her thoughts that there, there's a, another wonderful, wonderful example of, the power of storytelling. Uh, Eve Ensler is a genius at oh. getting other people to tell their stories. She's she's magnificent. Um, do you know her? What her own very tragic story is as a child? No. She was raped by her father over and over and over. <sighs> she doesn't ever ever say that in the class. She doesn't use so she keeps herself kind of separate. She, Does she her, even her say focus, that in the vagina monologues? Like I, uh, I, maybe not there, but there's another book that she has written. She's written several, and she raises it there. Yeah, I've forgotten the name of it, but yeah, it's worth definitely looking up. To address so, the class situation, there's something about a class, and when people are all sharing the worst things that have happened to them, they feel like they they're developing a community that they don't want to let down either, similar to like AA or any of those groups mm-hmm. that come together. So the people that are there depressed and want to kill themselves now have a reason not to, you know, in many ways. So I think there's, you know, maybe it's simplifying or, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe using writing class too simply or too heavily, but I really feel like I've seen that in our classes, people who are super depressed or people who are that just being there and writing and being in a community does seem to help. Short-term, I don't know about long-term, but short-term, yeah. Well, what we know, Allison, is that people have come to our writing classes and have stayed for years, Mm. Um, 11 in your case. And there's a ton of other people who keep signing up over and over again. And they do say, this is better than therapy. And I don't say they're wrong. I mean, there are some people who don't like that idea that writing is therapy or writing class is therapy, but why? I love that idea. And I think it's true. I think it is too. Especially if you can get, and it's great if you can also get great art out of it. Right. Absolutely. Have any, um, 
any of the stories that have been written in your class classes um, have any of them been published? Tons, oh, tons, tons. Yeah, always. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. they uh, do they um, know about Pen America and that the writing contest that they have uh, launched back in 1971? Yeah, yep, yep. That's, that's a great organization. I've had a couple wonderful. guys and I've submitted to Penn, you know, yeah, it's very hard to get in there, but what? Is it? Yeah, wow. they're selective. Yes. And the stories are really good. Yeah. I, I used a lot of those pen stories when I was teaching inside, I would bring a story in each mm -hmm. week and we great. would discuss it. Um, we love to do that in our classes. Andrea started that. And I love that idea. I mean, I didn't love it at first, but I, I I've gotten to where I kind of like it now. But especially to see well-written, and I tried to bring in sort of sh on the short side, but I loved the ones that were in pen because the guys could relate. Sure. So, and yeah. I, send them, I send them Marshall Project ones. Like sometimes I'll get a story and I'm like, you know, I just read about this in the Marshall, in the inside. Um, Life, Life inside, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'll send them a story and, in, e in their email and just so that they can see something that did get published that's similar to theirs, you right. know, so that they can model it. What what I think is quite remarkable that Penn America has done, and, and Penn is in caps, if you want anyone listening want to look it up, it stands for Poets, Essayists, and Novelists, and it's penamerica.org. And what I think um, is truly amazing is the unbelievable talent that is hiding behind our prison walls. There are artists um, of every kind and, and writers, uh, both. So um, yeah, I, I encourage people to check out Penn America, great organization. They, they've been around for over a hundred years, but the uh, prison writing contest started in 1971 and they only had a very few submissions. And now I think they get probably close to 2000, something like that. So yeah, you're right, Allison. It is very, very uh, competitive. So well, I, Allison had said a million times that the guys she teaches are super brilliant artists. They so are. What, I, I love that you can, that we all can access their work through Penn, through the Marshall Project, and now through Writing Class Radio. That's right. Right. And, and Harriet, I set up a medium blog for Corey because you know how he's constantly writing. I mean, he yes. must send me like 10 essays a week. Right. Fortunately, he sends them through the email system so I can just copy and paste and work on them back and forth. I don't have to type them in. But right. I said, Corey, I've got to start a medium blog for you because I don't even have time to try to get these out into the world. I want to put it there and we'll just start working that way. So it's just Corey Devon Arthur um, at Medium. Oh. He's a writing machine, that's oh, yes. for sure. So um, a hero of mine named Brian Stevenson that you may know, uh, he wrote Just Mercy, talk about uh, an incredible story uh, again. Um, and he often says, we are not the worst thing we have ever done. And I, I think um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about seeing these men as people in spite of their mistakes. Can you talk a little bit about that, Allison? You know, we were told when we went into prison, don't ask them what they did and don't look them up. And of right. course I did both. <laughs> I wanted to know, I wanted to know everything about them. Mm -hmm. And then 
I, we move forward from there. And most of them tell me anyway, you know, in their writing, they would say what they had done. And in the case of Corey, I mean, he admits he was part of this murder of his ninth grade English teacher. And, you know, he sent me this story and I, I can't remember if it was the new manifesto or if it was something else we've been working on. And I said, I need to know everything that happened leading up to this incident. And what I learned as he explained everything that happened, that it was just a, a case of growing up poor in an environment where drugs and drug use and all that kind of stuff is super normal. And he hooked up with the wrong people and ended up betraying a friend, really trying to save him and himself. And in the end, um, that didn't happen. So knowing the whole story about these guys and what happened is, is to me, everything. Because you can tell me this guy is accused of murder, robbery. Okay. But if I don't know the backstory, then I cannot form any sort of judgment. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what I found is as I knew their whole story, there was no judgment. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, there was compassion and empathy and love. So that's what happened to me. I think what's so interesting is um, I think that the um, what Allison, what your instructions were like, don't ask mm -hmm. and don't look up um, sort of did would do the opposite of, mm -hmm. of what asking and looking up their crimes and getting their full stories actually did. So like while someone isn't the um, product of their worst, worst experience, but they are that is part of who they are, of course. And so knowing about knowing everything about that worst experience doesn't doesn't take away from getting to know them. It actually helps. It's that's the thing about writing the truth. It's so counterintuitive. The more vulnerable people become, the more we love them. And it's just sort of a strange, I don't know. I don't know why it works like that, but it almost always does. And that's what Allison's experience was. And that was your experience, Allison, both telling your full truth and hearing other people's full truth. All right. it's all, yeah, that's how yeah. it mostly always works. We're, we're coming close to the end of our, our time together. Do you have um, any thoughts uh, to share with our, our listeners about the, this whole concept of sharing our own stories or reading stories that others share with you? Any, any parting thoughts? Andrea? Um, I do advise to tell your true personal story as deeply and honestly as you can. And while I can't promise that some people won't be mean, I think it's more important to tell the truth and, and bust through whatever you're hiding than not, than, than holding it in. I, I think that if the whole world did that, if the whole world told their truth, we would have a better world. And that goes back to me being a storytelling missionary. Like, I really believe that stories are the things that are going to help us bridge differences. And I, I've been, I've experienced huge meanness when I've told stories. So it doesn't always work that people are, that people, yeah, there's some, there's backlash. Sometimes people are angry out there, mm -hmm. but I still think telling the truth is more important and, and um, than not always. 
And I would really try to urge people to, instead of judging and asking like, what's wrong with you is to really ask like, what happened to you? Right. Very good. Well, this has been such a, a pleasant experience. We, we all share uh, a similar feeling about the whole idea of telling our stories. And, and I, I certainly have been uh, on the, the receiving end of some wonderful, wonderful stories and as a result, friendships. So that's what it's done for me. And I'm sure you feel the same the same way so well keep... harriet if you would like to write a, a personal story and submit oh, it to writing to. class radio like you are super compelling and interesting and i want to know more that would be great i would love to We're do always that. open to submissions oh that sounds good all right <laughs> thank you so much you flipped flipped it over on me right <laughs> well <laughs> thank, thank you allison and andrea from writing class radio uh, their podcast to come on my podcast today and and share your thoughts about the power of storytelling. So we will see you next time on Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. You have been listening to Pursuing Justice on Society Bites Radio. And I'm your host, Harriet